Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The seed principle. In Genesis 1, reading from verse number 11, the Bible says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, herb yielding seeds, and fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. Verse number 12, And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed after its kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed is in itself after its kind, and God saw that it was good. Now from this verse of the scripture, you will see that the seed principle has been in existence right from the foundation of the earth. This is day three of creation. And that is when you find you encounter the seed principle. So right from the very beginning, the seed principle is there. So and the universe operates on that seed principle. That's what the universe operates on. In other words, it is what you put down that you will get back. You don't put anything, you don't get anything. You've heard me say this a million times. If you multiply a million by zero, you will get zero. Because it doesn't change anything. But the universe itself operates on the principle, on the seed principle. Okay? When God wanted to create the world, when God wanted the world, what he did was he sowed the world. He said, let there be light. And that was it. He sowed the world. And that was how he got the world. When the Lord wanted a nation, he sowed a family, the family of Abraham. That was how he got the nation of Israel. When the Lord wanted redeemed sons and daughters, just like you and I, he sowed his only begotten son. The seed principle. Is what runs the universe. So you see, right from the very beginning, God himself has been operating this particular principle. And the seed principle is the foundation upon which our covenant blessing of prosperity sits upon. Because without the seed principle, there will be no covenant, there will be no prosperity. Okay? Without the seed principle, the covenant, the covenant promise of prosperity will be an illusion. The question is, why is the seed principle, why is the seed very important in the operation of the covenant blessings of God? Anyone who is talking about receiving the prosperity that God provides, if he does not understand the seed principle, that person is not fully going to enjoy the blessings that God wants to release into their lives. So why is the seed principle very important? Why is seed very important? If you go back to our text, Genesis 1, if you read verse number 12 there, the Bible says, And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed, after its kind, and and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed is in itself, after its kind. And God said, it was good. In other words, the Bible is saying, if creation does not carry its own seed in itself, if a person does not carry the seed of prosperity, the seed of reproduction in itself, it means a couple of things. The first thing, number one thing, it means that it, if creation does not carry its own, its own seed in itself, it means you will require an external provision every time you need to reproduce. And that is why when you see farmers... What they do is that after they harvest, they take a portion of what they have harvested and they put it somewhere. They keep it. They preserve it. They make sure that it is well preserved. Why? The reason is because next year is going to come and they will need a seed to be able to plant if they need a harvest the following year. 
But if the seed does not have the ability to reproduce itself, it means that you have to recreate it every time and every time and every time. So, if creation, if each creation does not carry its own seed in itself, it means it will require external provision every time there's a need to reproduce. Number two, if each creation does not carry its own seed of re- to reproduce itself, it means that you will need external supply every time you are looking for a harvest. You will look for somebody to give you something. It's just like when you tell somebody, you go to the bank, and you say that you need some seed money to start a business. They give you how money, whatever money you requested for. And by the time you request for that particular money, what you find is this. If you go into business and you eat up the seed money, and you use it just to feel fine, you use it just to enjoy yourself, and then by the time you know you want to continue to expand the business, you go back to the bank and, the bank and you say, bank, give me more money. They'll ask you the question, what happened to the one we gave you before? If you are not able to reproduce and continue to multiply from what you have been given, you will always go back cap in hand begging for money. You always go back looking for somebody to sustain you. So if the cre- if its creation does not carry its own seed in itself, it means that you will need an external supply, an external source, an external provision each time you are looking to produce a harvest. And God does not work like that. God does not work like that. It is not a productive way to work. Number three, if each creation does not carry its own seed in itself, it means that the universe will go through the process of an ending recreation. In other words, every time God will have to recreate. Every time God will have to say, let the, let, let the graph bring forth. Every time you have to recreate. But if the seed already carries, all you have to do is set it in motion once and it keeps on going. It keeps on going. That is why the seed is very important. Because the created order will have no other way of reproducing itself if there is no seed. The created order will not be able to reproduce itself if, if, if there is no seed. The earth will continue to go through this unending process of recreation. That is why the seed is very, very important. That is why your seed is very, very important. Because it guarantees future harvests. As long as you have a seed in your hand, you know that once you release its abilities, you you are guaranteed the harvests. Once you release the seed, once you release its its, uh, its potential, you have a guarantee that it will give you something else. This is, you know, this is also the reason why when the enemy wants to attack, the enemy attacks the seed. The reason he attacks the seed is because the enemy knows that there is no, if there is no seed, there is no replication. You cannot reproduce without the seed. There will be no harvest if there is no seed. There will be no, there will be, you know, there, no, if there is no seed, self-sufficiency will be an illusion because you will depend on other people to continue to give to you. If there is no seed, dependency will be unavoidable. If there is no seed, there is no future. And that is why you will notice that the church always cry about the youth because the youth are the seed for tomorrow. If the youths are wasted today, or they are corrupted today, or they are are not properly developed today, what we are doing is that we are mortgaging the future. There will be no harvest of the future. The same thing in the church. If the church does not grow the next generation, what you will find is that a time will come when the word of God will become very scarce. Where there is no seed, there is no future. There will be no harvest. The devil knows this. And that is why... And that, and that is true for every type of resources that you might want to talk about. It's true for money. It's true for your time. It's true for your talent. It's true for the church. It's true for your children. It's true for your career. If you do not plant a seed, there will be no future. Yeah. 
A Christian will continue to remain a baby in the Lord if this Christian refused to plant the seed of prayer. So refuse to plant the seed of the study of the word of God. Refuse to plant the seed of good deed that God requires his people to do. If you don't plant the seed, there will be no harvest. A student will never get that air that he's dreaming about if the student refused to plant the time, plant the seed of study. You will never be financially buoyant. You will not be financially prosperous if you refuse to plant the seed of investment into your own financial future. You won't get it. This thing is not about magic. It's about following the principles of the scripture. It is true from every level of human interaction. If you don't sow the seed into going to your relationship, you will find that the relationship will eventually wither. When there is no seed or the seed is mismanaged, poverty always follows. And poverty is not only financial poverty. You have spiritual poverty. You have mental poverty. You have social poverty. You have relational poverty. All sorts of poverty. If as soon as the seed is not properly managed, poverty will follow. Satan knows this. And like I said, that's why he attacks the seed. The unfortunate thing is that Christians, for some reason, cannot develop amnesia when it comes to this kind of thing. They, for some reason, forget. Christians forget that the primary purpose of the seed is not for eating, but for the guaranteeing of the production of the next harvest. That's the purpose of the seed. Okay? The seed is not, the primary purpose of the seed is not for your own consumption. It's not for immediate consumption. The seed, the purpose of the seed is to guarantee the production of a future harvest. That's the purpose of the seed. And if you don't understand that purpose, you will end up eating your seed. And when you eat your seed, you are guaranteeing your own failure. That is why the seed principle is central to the covenant prayer, to the covenant blessing of prosperity. If you want to enjoy the covenant blessing of prosperity, you must understand the seed principle. And like I said at the very beginning of this particular series, the prosperity we are talking about here is a holistic prosperity. I'm not talking about somebody, God said somebody's going to give you $5,000 there. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay? You can say all that and at the end of the day, nothing happens. It might be just somebody messing with your emotions. But what we're talking about here is holistic holistic, uh, uh, prosperity. And that's what you see in the book of Todd John. He said, I wish above all things that my mayor's prosperity and being held, even as thy soul prospered. Three levels of prosperity that affect every area of your life. That is what we're talking about. If you cannot prosper unless you understand the basic functioning of the seed principle. Okay? You cannot prosper if you cannot reproduce your basic resources. The basic resources that God has given unto you. If you cannot reproduce it, you will not be able to prosper. You cannot prosper. You cannot prosper when you are depending on others. When you can, when, when you are depending on others for the basic resources that you need for production. You look at nations of Africa. Why are they poor? They have the resources. The problem is they cannot just simply manage their basic resources. And as long as they cannot manage it, they will continue to be in poverty. It has nothing to do with colonization. Well, it does have something to do with colonization. But the main issue is that they, they are not. Nobody's putting a gun to your head. It's how you manage what God has placed in your care. How you manage it. And if you understand that seed principle, if you understand what God has given unto you and how you are supposed to use it, it turns your life around. Poverty in most cases is not because people do not have seeds that they need for their harvest. Sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes the poverty in most cases as a result of people consuming the seeds of their harvests. They're just eating it up. You get the money and you just waste it. You have the time and you just waste it. 
You have the resources and you just waste it. You have a relationship and you just abuse it. You have the things that God has placed in your life and you just take it for granted. Poverty is as a result of people consuming the seed of their harvests. When you mistake your seed for your harvest, you will consume it. When you mistake it. Harvest is supposed for, to be for your own pleasure. It's supposed to be for your own blessing. But your seed is supposed to be for planting. When you mistake those two things, you will consume your you will consume your seeds. When you mistake your seeds, you will con- when you mistake your seeds for your harvest, you will consume them. When you mistake your seed for your meal, you will mismanage them. When you mistake your seed for your meal, you will not even plant them. And until you plant the seed, nothing happened. Like I said, poverty is as a result. It's a poverty, poverty result when we fail to recognize the seed of our harvest. <coughs> So, so the seed, you will know, we've been talking about the seed, we've been talking about the seed. The seed has unlimited potentials. When you take a grain of corn and you hold it in your hand, there's a lot of potential in that particular grain. But that potential will continue to remain locked up until you put it in the ground. Okay? And that's why Jesus Christ said that until, you know, until the Son of Man is lifted up, you know, until the corn of grain, sorry, is, you know, is, is buried and falls to the ground and die. He said it abides alone. Until the seed is planted, nothing happens. Until the seed is planted, the potential future will not, be, will not be released. Until the seed is planted, that particular unlimited future will not come. The seed must be planted. It will only remain in the realm of possibility when you hold it in your hand. What it can become. And that is how a lot of people are living today. The Bible says, I wish above all things that thou may prosper. That is the desire of the Almighty God. If you read the book of Ephesians, the Bible says, I have blessed you with all blessings in heavenly places. In other words, the children of God are supposed to be living in blessing. But the problem is that many of us hear the blessing and we look at our life and there seems to be a gap. What happened? Is it, does it mean that the word of God is no longer true? Does it mean that God is a liar? The Bible says that the hands of the Almighty God is not short. His ears are not deaf to hear. But why? Something is happening while we are seeing the problem. We are hearing the promises, but we are not seeing the results. We see that we have the potential for greatness. But for some reason, we have refused to activate and release that particular potential. And as a result, we are living a life of We are living in the shadows of what we can, of what we can be. The question is, what is this thing called the seed principle? Let's delve into it so that we can understand what we're talking about. What is the seed principle? The seed principle is simply states that every potential future harvest is bound up in the resources that are available to you right now. The blessings, the potential harvest, the goodness of God, the things that God has promised you, all of them are bound up in the resources that are available to you right now. The Bible told us in the book of 1 Kings or 2 Kings, I can't remember, I think I'm, missing, I'm, I'm getting this whole thing messed up now. But it was a story about a particular woman that was in poverty. The Bible says that his sons were about to be taken into captivity. And that particular woman went to Elijah and said, My man of God, and my sons are about to be taken into captivity. He said, what do you have in your house? And the woman said, I don't have anything. Because you fail to understand the seed principle, say, I don't have anything. But Elijah will say, are you kidding me? As big as your house, you don't have a single thing. Then she'll remember, say, I have just a little bottle of oil. But what is that compared to my debt? And Elijah said, okay, 
If that is the seed that you have, put it in the hands of the Almighty God and see what will happen. The point we are making is that the seed principle simply makes us to understand that every potential harvest is bound up in the resources that is available to you right now. In other words, the future you are looking for is right in front of you, disguised in a particular kind of resources, disguised as a challenge, disguised as an opportunity that is facing you today. Whatever you do with that particular resources that is in your hand right now will determine how tomorrow is going to look like. And that woman told Elisha, he said, I don't have anything. Elisha said, well, that particular oil. He said, go and gather all the pans that you can get. Go and gather all the empty containers that you can get and start pouring. And as she started pouring, she began to find out that that particular oil in the hands of the Almighty God can go beyond what she thought it can go. That's what we are saying right now is that the resources that you think is common, the resources that you think is not important, until you plant that particular resources, until you release it into the hands of the Almighty God, nothing may happen. So the seed principle is trying to tell you, do not overlook the things that are right in front of you. Do not overlook the man or the woman that is sitting right next to you. Do not overlook the resources that God has given unto you. Do not overlook that particular talent that God has given unto you. Last week we talked about that particular, we talked about those, those, those servants that received talent from their master. One that got five, one that got two, and one that got one. The one that got one overlooked what God has given unto him. And then what did he do? He started complaining about the people who got the five and the two. And the seed principle is saying, look at that one single one you have in your hand. And you will be surprised at what it can release into your life if you can just unleash it. If you can set it free. If you can take the step of faith. If you can put it in the ground and watch God, what God will do with it. Then you will be surprised and be amazed to see how far that seed will take you. What you must understand is that what you do with today determines tomorrow. Because today is the seed for tomorrow. And how you plant today will determine what tomorrow will yield for you, the kind of harvest you are going to get. Now, to understand the seed principle, for you to be able to understand the fundamental truth that is supporting the seed principle, I want to share some basic facts with you about the seed principle. The first thing you need to know about the the first fundamental truth about the seed principle is that the principle is non-discriminatory. It doesn't discriminate. If you are tall or short, wide or slim, you know, whatever you are, black or white, if you operate that principle, it will work for you. It doesn't matter. Whether you speak English or you don't speak English, it doesn't matter. Whether you understand my native language, it doesn't matter. It doesn't discriminate. The seed principle does not discriminate. It applies to everybody. Number two, it is irrevocable. The Bible makes us to understand that from, you know, from generation to generation, the word of God stands. And God will not change. The Bible says, while the earth remains, Genesis 8.22, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. So you are not, it, it's not about the seed, the seed principle not liking your face. It's not a prayer about the pride of value. Oh, whenever you plant seed, especially if you are Nigerian, seed don't grow for Nigerians. You know, it's not like that. It works for everybody. Number three, number three, seeds, you know, you reap what you sow. In other words, seeds produce after its kind. If you want to reap the law, if you want to reap the harvest of law, you sow the seeds of love. You want to reap the harvest of money, you sow money. You want to reap a harvest of good relationship, you sow good relationship. I used to, when I give counseling to people who are, who are about to get married, I tell them one thing. Don't look for the perfect husband. Don't look for the perfect wife. Be the perfect husband, be the perfect wife. And you will attract. You will attract the people that will complement it. Okay? 
But the thing is that they will only the seeds that you know the seeds produce after their kind. Not only that, seeds respond to your effort. You reap after you have sown. Only in the movies do people reap before they sow. In reality, people reap after they have sown. You only get paid after you have done the work. You know that. If you are employed in a new place and you go to your manager and say, yes, uh, you are supposed to start work tomorrow. Or you are supposed to start work next Monday. And by the time you get there, you say, well, manager, before I start work, I need to be paid in advance. The guy will look at you and say, okay, <laughs> maybe you need to check what you have been smoking or what you have been drinking. Because that's not the way this thing works there. You work, then you get paid. You don't get paid before you work. It doesn't work like that. Okay? So you reap after you have sold. Number four, or number five, you reap more than you sow. You reap more than you sow. When you put that grain in the ground, it doesn't come back. I have never seen a cup of a, 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 that corn that uh, cup. I've never seen one that had just had only one grain on it. It doesn't happen. If you see only one, you will probably shout, oh my God, what is this one? It is what we refer to as an abami. You know, I don't know how to translate that in English. Um, abami Abadu, how do you call that thing? It's exactly. It's a straight corn. That's what you refer to as a stretch corn. When you go to a KFC and you buy all the things that they say, do you want any side? They say yes. They say, I want corn on the cob. And then they give you corn on the cob. And the next thing you see is just one grain on top of that thing. You will wonder, something is wrong with these people. <laughs> something is wrong. Because you know corn, corn on the cob does not come with just one grain. It doesn't happen. So you reap more than you sow. Okay? You reap more than you sow. And that one should give us pause when we are talking about the seed principle. Because when you reap more than you sow, it means that if you sow evil, you are going to reap more of the evil. Yeah. It means that if you sow, if you if you, if you reap more than you sow, if you sow goodness into somebody's life, that's when you begin to see goodness coming into your life. And that's why you wake up in the morning and somebody blesses you one and say, I don't even know this person. It's because you have sown the seed of goodness. You reap more than you sow. Number whatever. Okay? Uh, the next number that we are in. You reap in proportion of your efforts. Bible tells in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It says that, but this I say unto you, he who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. It's a principle of the scripture. The more you sow, the more you get. The less you sow, the less you get. It's not about whether somebody likes you or not. It's a question of the principle of the scripture. The more you sow, the more you reap. The more you reap. So you reap in proportion to your efforts. Then the next number is that you reap when you are involved in the process. You reap when you are involved in the process. That means that if you plant that grain and you drop it, before I even go into that illustration, how many of us have ever attempted to plant tomato at the back of our house? And when you attempt to plant that tomato and you forget about it, think tomatoes just grow on their own. They prune, them, they prune themselves. They hang themselves. They make themselves beautiful. They have this auto mechanism where they do it. It doesn't work like that. You will find that a lot of people who plant tomato on their self, by themselves, the only time they remember there is a tomato is when probably something has gone rotten. And they have to, somebody's mowing their lawn. And they, oh, so you will have tomatoes here. I can testify to that so many times. You know, those of us who want to go into farming but we are not interested in engaging in the process. We know how these things work. The only time you reap is you reap when you are involved in the process. The farmer, after planting, go back to the fields to print, you know, to make sure they water the plant, to make sure they print the hedges, to make sure that they clear all the brush and make sure that the weeds do not overtake the farm. You only reap when you are involved in the process. You reap when you protect your seed also. You reap when you protect your seed. 
If you notice where people store their seed, they make sure that pests don't come in. They make sure that rodents don't come in to eat that particular seed. The reason is because if you don't protect your seed, your seed is as good as how well you protect it. Okay? If you don't protect it, the enemy will come and they will steal the seed. And if you notice, for those of us who pay attention that you have ever seen a, 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 a seed or a, 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 grain of, a, a grain of corn that has gone bad, notice where the pest eats. It doesn't eat the outside part. It eats just that area where the gene is, where that particular genetic code for reproduction is located. That is where pests go. Unless you protect your seed, there's no harvest. And that is why you protect your words. You protect your relationship. You protect your finances. You protect your career. You protect everything that the, the talents that God has given unto you. Because there are people out there and there are forces out there that will destroy you. You don't have to believe me. You don't have to believe me. You go into a meeting with your subordinate, with your with your colleagues, and start throwing ideas, ideas in front of the CEO. Start throwing out the ideas and see what happens. People start shooting you down because why? They want only their own to grow. And our people used to say something back home. They say that when your when your plant starts sprouting, what you do is that you take the you take a um, what do you call this dead leaves. Whatever it is, you take those straw, you take their straws and cover it up. Why do you do that? To protect that thing. Because if you don't protect it, the tender plant that is beginning to sprout, what happened? That is the juicy part for the vultures and for the other for the other birds, or you know, for the other birds to come and pick and eat. The point you are making is that you reap if you protect your seeds. Now, some may say, Yeah, 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 we know all these things. We know the basis of the principles. But how do you activate it? How do you activate the principles? How do you activate the principle of, uh, or how do you activate the seed principle? How do you make the seed principle work for you? How you benefit? How do you benefit from this principle? You benefit from the principle when you activate the principle of uh, the seed principle by faith. A farmer who does not believe that is going to reap a harvest, why will you take a bag full of grain and start throwing it in the dirt? Why will you do that? I don't even know whether any one of you have ever worked in the farm, but when they are sowing, you have a bag. Maybe some of them, maybe fifty kilo, maybe a fifty, a fifty pound bag, all full of all full of grain. And the farmer takes it and he begins to sow it, just throw it on the ground. If he does not believe that he's going to reap a harvest, why would he do that? You won't do it. If you don't believe that you are going to see the result, you will not do it. So you unlock the power of the seed by activating it. You, know, you activate the power of the seed by faith. Number two, you activate the power of the seed by responding in the season. What does that mean? It means that there is a season that you plant. There is a season where you do not plant. Okay? There is a season when it is good for you to plant. There is a season that is not good for you to plant. If you plant in the wrong season, you have just simply wasted that seed because it's not going to grow. Try and plant something in the winter and and see whether something will grow. It will not grow because there is a season for planting. There's a season that you do not plant. So for you to unlock the seed, the power of the seed, you need to respond in due season, in the correct season. You respond in the correct season. And that is why when the word of the Lord Almighty comes out and says, if you are able to live, if you are able to step out in faith and you do X, Y, Z, the Lord will visit you. That is the word for that season. If you act upon it at that season, you see the result. If you don't act upon it, it is gone. Okay? The angels that were supposed to make that happen at that point in time, once they leave that particular place, that season is closed. That door is closed. And you never get that chance again. 
And that is why when the word of the Almighty God is coming out in the church, when the, when the minister of God is ministering under the anointing, you need to pay special attention. Because the word of God that comes out, the Bible says it will not return unto me void. There are testimonies of people who have been waiting and praying for the, praying to the Lord for a particular visitation. And the day of their visitation, unfortunately, they were not there. And when you are not there the day of your visitation, sorry. The blessings of God that comes down from heaven will be given to somebody else. That will not be our case in Jesus' name. You unlock the power of the seed when you respond in due season. You unlock the power of the seed when you are, when you, when you are involved in the process. When you are involved in the process. You cannot sow the seed and walk away. You cannot sow the seed and disappear. You cannot sow the seed and go and sleep. You have to be involved in the process if you want to see the seed come alive. Number whatever. You are you to unlock the power of the seed. You have to be you have to be engaged in sacrifice. Okay? You reap when you are inv- involved in the process, you involved in sacrifice. To give away, to spend time, to continue to cultivate the seed, it takes a lot of time and sacrifice. Unless you are willing to sacrifice, you may not be able to unlock the power of the seed. And that's why the talent that God put in our lives the gifts that God put in our lives those seeds will not develop themselves those gifts will not develop themselves somebody used to say that you do not become an Olympic champion by practicing once a week no you become an Olympic champion by practicing 8 hours, 10 hours a day it becomes an obsession, it becomes something that is involving you cannot unlock the power of the seed without sacrifice you cannot unlock the power of the seed without endurance there are so many people so many people who are who believe that they can just plant the seed today and go and pick the result tomorrow. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Mm